morning. Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. That's Joel. Oh, man. Ultimate Spider-Man is finally here. Mm-hmm. We read it. We, uh, you all read it. Everyone's excited. Number one uh, book at, of at least the week, if not the year. I mean, it's... Mm, pretty, I didn't check the numbers. Right. It's pretty low. It, it, the, the competition is uh, not as stiff as you'd imagine, uh, given that it's just about the middle or end of january but yeah uh still amazing uh selling book of the year i look forward to getting like real concrete numbers for now there are uh there's rumors conjecture the bed the biggest litmus test is the fact that like the week it was out the book was selling online for like 20 to 50 bucks that should tell you something also even just anecdotal evidence from my own channel i saw people commenting on my video who i have never seen before which which tells me that it cast a pretty big shadow and it got a lot of people interested, Fairweather fans, even just some new people who wanted to check out what this was all about. Mm, yeah, people are really excited. I, I also find that people are still just as confused as they, as yes, I they feared they would be <laughs> uh, when this mm -hmm. series launched. You know, people being like, is this young Bendis created Peter Parker grown up? Is this the main universe, Peter, um, people getting really excited saying like, we're back. And I'm like, you don't even know this guy. How could you be back? Exactly. Like, like I, I'm so happy for this guy who looks and has the same name as my favorite character. But given that he's literally only had one issue of story, mm -hmm. am I really that excited? I, and by Is the way, I'm just mitigating. Is this a new thing? I heard it was both. No, it's neither. <laughs> it's neither. And like, you know, I, I remember some some smart alecky person was like, I loved it, which means Sal's going to think it's mid. And I was like, <laughs> first of all, like, there's nothing wrong with mitigating expectations or about like mm -hmm. cautioning healthy. over enthusiasm. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. not a, you know, just saying. Ho but, uh, uh, hope is irrational, says Riley Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we want to mention this show is sponsored by you. If you're watching the show live, you can sponsor today's show by using Super Chats. Ask a question or comment, and we'll read it here on the show to be part of the show forever. Uh, so Ultimate Spider-Man comes out. It's from Jonathan Hickman, Marco Cicchetto. It is a fresh start, brand new character. He is part of the Ultimate Universe. That is to say the... 6160 universe created mm. by the maker not the 66 the 1610 universe that the maker hails from mm, see si, senor exactly so i don't want to get too in the weeds about the origins of this universe but i should say at the very least it's not the ultimate universe it isn't even a pastiche of the ultimate universe it's no. a completely new thing the thing that's weird and suspicious about it is all the stuff that came before it. Ultimate Universe number one, Ultimate Invasion number mm -hmm. one. Because there's a sequence or a subplot where they throw all these different Avengers slash Ultimate characters at yeah. the maker. And they're the 1610 Ultimate looking versions of those characters. That is weird. The fact that they keep referencing 616 keeps throwing me for a loop. I'm assuming they're going to stop eventually once everything is fully established. They won't need to reference it anymore. But the fact that it keeps coming up to be like, hey, you know, in another world, you're a hero and you're a pretty big deal. And I know this because I was told this by someone else. Right. It's true. Yeah. And, and probably that person that told me was the maniac who took it away from you in the first place. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, how did you like the first issue of Ultimate Spider-Man from Jonathan Hickman and Marco Cicchetto? I thoroughly, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it in ways I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. I thought I basically knew where this was going to go, but hey, to Hickman's credit, he threw some wrenches in there, zigged when I thought he was going to zag, and I'm really happy about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I feel the exact same way. I really dug it. I loved the art. I enjoyed the idea. Um, the I, I saw a lot of criticism. The, I saw the largest amount of criticism, I should say, is lobbed at the actual like world building part that it connects it directly to the Ultimate Universe book. Yes, where it's which like is always going to happen, <laughs> right? Like the momentum of the book, the building of the character, the establishment of his world is just hard interrupted for a hologram of Tony Stark to say, "There's all this shit happening." And in case you I, didn't read the prelude, right? But even then, like I'd be lost, I'd be confused, I'd be like, "What?" Because the whole of it is in Ultimate Universe, the 
puppets that are technically leading the world who are also mm. mirror reflections of their main Marvel Universe counterparts. Uh, mm. They, who were installed by the maker, decide to frame Tony Stark for terrorism and then blow yeah. up his or is it Oscorp or is it his building? I don't remember. No, I think it was his building. I think it was Stark okay. Tower. Yeah, Stark Tower. Uh, and then blame it on him. Mm-hmm. And in that explosion, which connects it to Spider-Man, a number of characters died, including Norman Osborn and Aunt May. Mm-hmm. And Osborn's yes. wife. Yes, um, Emily. The, the, the often never talked about, which I think is funny. Hey, let's have a universe where Ben lived and see how that's different. Oh, I like you don't extend that to Emily. Let's see a world where Emily Osborn lived and what yeah. kind of impact she would have on her. So, no, no one has anything interesting to say about Emily and never. Would. No, no. And I, the thing is, I think it's funny because it's either one of two things. It's either to immediately dispel any rumor or theories that arise that say the new green goblin is Emily because that would be new and different. Oh or, shit. Right. Yes, it would be. Or it is, you know, so we killed her so that no one even immediately suspects that it's her or we don't, I, I just don't want you to worry about it. Like the Osborns are off the table. <laughs> there are no more yeah. adult Osborns. It's just Harry who clearly is messed up from this ordeal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, this is it. This is the book. And uh, so we want to talk about like how, what we enjoyed, what we thought, uh, what we noticed. And uh, right off the bat, one of the things that you noticed was um, in the, uh, you know, let's start, let's start at the beginning. Let's talk about like sure. the elephant in the sure, room, sure. which is Peter Parker's family. Yes. Right? Peter Parker is, he works for the daily bugle. He mm-hmm. works. Uh, he lives in a very nice apartment with his wife oh, yeah. and two children. Richard, um, I forget the girl's name. I think it's May. <laughs> oh, that that would make sense. That would track. Uh, and so the the foursome live in their nice place. They're bolstered by his employment at the Daily Bugle. We're like, oh, okay, Daily Bugle makes sense. Um, the family is playing with an orb, a suspicious orb, which of course we'll get mm-hmm. the answer to at the end of it. Hey, kids, um, don't but, touch my mysterious orb. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's interesting because, you know, it is in in essence, it is a uh, a mystery box, but thankfully it's open mm-hmm. by the end of the issue, so it's not extended yes, by it multiple seasons and ruining franchises. Uh, but I like that it's out in the open. You know, it's not like it's an analog for something that is used effectively, but could be dangerous, like a gun. You know, it's like it, Peter yeah. keeps it in a safe, and somehow Richard gets it, and Peter's like, "How'd you get?" Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing like that. Peter Peter trusts his family. Yes. This this thing that holds my future, my daughter's playing with it. Yeah, you know, and I think that's really refreshing. That's really that that's it that's, is that's showing without telling, but we get it. And, uh, and that so, he's also trying to ignore it too at this point, where it's like it's weighing on me, but not so much that I'm going to try and hide it. <laughs> absolutely not. No, 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 no. My kids got it. I'll take it. I I I I don't know what to do with this yet, but I will. Um, Peter goes to the Daily Bugle. We get a very familiar sight of Peter talking to Betty, and then. J. Jonah Jameson runs in. J.J. is wearing his signature 616 outfit, like the one that you is. know. And mm-hmm. he is screaming for Parker, but then bumps into Peter, goes, oh, hey, and then immediately leaves and goes into the managing editor's office, which is run by Ben Parker. Boa, who did not die, who survived in this timeline for quite a long time. <laughs> yes, it's like we are, because, ex- of course, the premise of this universe is that when Peter was a teenager, and of course, if you go back to, I believe it's Ultimate Invasion, you see young teenage Peter Parker at the science experiment. Mm-hmm. But it is not at Oscorp, or at least I don't think no. it is. But either way, it's not related to Oz. It's not the Ultimate Universe, which no, is what I – and I don't know about you, and I want to hear your opinion on this one because I'm like – my theory was – that essentially the reason why this universe is called 6160 is because the maker recreated the main Marvel universe and then changed things. So everything mm, we're seeing would is an, right is like an alternate version of the real Marvel universe, not the ultimate universe, or it becomes ultimate because we've changed the main Marvel universe. What do you think of that? 
it, it would fit with his, you know, psychosis to be like, look, I can do it better. I can be a better God in this universe than you've ever been. Stupid Illuminati. I'm going to do it my way. I'll make my own universe with blackjack and hookers and no <laughs> Spider-Mans. Well, and not only that, like I'm going to make your universe and I'm going to do it better. Or I'm going to things that made you special. Yes. Yes, that's right. I mean, that's basically what he does in that, uh, in that four part, utterly pretentious and boring miniseries. Mm. Um, I should say that as a result, it does beg a lot of questions and sure does. I do trust Hickman to answer those questions because I think Hickman is uh, a stickler for details. Oh God. Yeah. Um, but what, how this relates to Spider-Man and Peter Parker and whatnot for me, I think it does because uh, in this case, we are watching all the impactful moments of Peter's life, the things that like we know, those hallmarks, like the home invasion that kills Ben Parker, the mm. spider bite that makes him Peter Parker, the 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 twenty years of dotage from Aunt May, uh, yeah. the like will they won't they love triangles and so forth. That because of the delay of the spider bite, I think all of that is also still delayed. Yeah, all of these watershed moments didn't happen to him. We see Peter in a state of rested development, and I kind of love how Hickman spins this. The spider bite and Spider-Man is an allegory for a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, and I, I, I want to say, okay, so I think you're hitting on something absolutely uh, fundamental, which is the midlife crisis. Peter's 35, mm. it's a perfect time for that, especially if mm. he's a millennial, because like the midlife yep. crisis is going to happen a lot sooner. But yep. Got to get a motorcycle and a tattoo. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, normal folks, people like us, they do that. People in the 6160 universe, they get spider bites. Yep. But I think that it also speaks to, it's funny. The Ultimate Universe, the 1610 universe, was created in the year 2000 to capture the hearts and minds of the children of that exact era. They were like, let's yep. get the kids so here's a new young Peter Parker because they thought, well, the current Peter Parker is old. Oh, is like it he's funny? telling stories about a grown up. Well, now we're trying to capture lapsed readers. We're trying to get mm -hmm. in on the ground floor on people who are around Peter's age, who are looking for comic books that relate to them. Hey, 30 year olds who remember reading the original Ultimate Spider-Man, it's back now. And oh, his back hurts, too. Yeah, well, or um, you are maybe interested in reading comics again. Maybe you love Spider-Man. You mm -hmm. look at a preview or you pick up a latest issue of Spider-Man. You go, I don't know what the hell I'm even looking at. And you ask any fan or commentator to talk about it. And they start frothing at the mouth and losing their shit. Yeah. You're like, there's no point in me even getting into this. Well, here's the ground floor for something that will relate to you and that you can really relate and, and, and that you can use as escapism. I mean, what, 35? You know, it's amazing to imagine like, yeah, 15 year old having spider powers like that's every kid's fantasy. But you know what else has those fantasies? People in their mid to late 30s. Yep. Like that's, which, which that's is, a pretty attractive fantasy for, for someone. I mean, look, this, this whole life is a fantasy. He has a nice apartment. He has a beautiful wife. He has well-behaved mm -hmm. children. He has a, a stable job. Like, <laughs> like, a, a, a good relationship with both his parental figures in Ben yeah. and Jonah too as well. So he also has a good relationship with his boss. It's true. So essentially this entire book is a fantasy. There's yes, nothing real about it. Uh, somebody also pointed this out before we get into like the, the, the nitty gritty of the issue. Um, America is not a country anymore in this universe. No, that's right. The whole sociopolitical climate of this place is all fucky because of the maker. It's weird domains ruled over by ancient houses. You you said it on Twitter probably better than I ever could, where it's like, ah, you know, it's a Hickman book because it's secret societies manipulating everyone from the shadows. But it's just kind of about that in Spider-Man. It's not all about it. Exactly. That's, that, that's just a, a little bit of the element of Peter. But like... Yeah, there is no America. And man, you want to capture a 35 to 40 year old with a comic book premise. Go, yeah, America's destroyed or ruined. And mm. Uh, mm. and and the, and your analog is unsatisfied with his life. Oh, yeah, that uh, sounds like what I'm living in right now. 
but but boy, I love we've all officially lived long enough to be the point now where all those like movies about like, you know, boomers doing cool shit late in life and everything. I love we're officially at that point now where it's like, ah, oh, this feels good to have our media remind us that we can still do shit that matters, even though we're staring down the barrel of 40. Oh, my God. That's true. That's true. Um, so, yeah, Ben Parker is managing editor. He and Jonah are buddies, as you pointed out. They're basically Peter's like parental figures which is interesting because may only just the other day died yeah and or rather maybe she died a year ago i don't know they're, they're having a memorial service for her in the book or at least they're having a memorial service for the terrorist attack yeah I, um, yeah i had a hard time parsing that too was this the year anniversary of it or did it just happen and they were just doing it yeah i had a hard time parsing the timeline on that too. i know yeah they, they just kind of talk about like it's happening how's ben feeling there's this moment they sure I, make it sound like it happened a long time ago was the feeling i got <laughs> I mean, they, they uh, where the building once stood, there are memorials already erected, and that takes some time. So my guess is it probably is like a year. Yeah. Um, but that being said, uh, my question is, what's May's influence now? Indeed. Like, it seems like with with a with a with a perfect storm of personality with respect to like mm. Ben Parker said one sentence and it haunted peter his entire life now he's right saying all kinds of things to peter for his entire life up to 35 ben would overshadow may in an instant not much less for 35 years but and, uh, and it feels like he did and also this right? Ben, you know because again to compare it to original ultimate comics one of the best things that series ever did was let ben be a character and let us hang out with him for longer than five minutes before he gets shot here they kind of paint a picture of ben where he wasn't as doting and wasn't nearly as lovey-dovey to peter as may was he was a he was as men of his generation would be a little yeah. bit more hands off, a little bit hard nose to it. And because of that, Peter is like trying that much harder to try and get Ben's approval, which is funny because it's like, oh, yeah, this is the real guy, not the romanticized version that Peter had in his mind forever because he died, you know, when he was so young. Right. Yeah. This is a Ben Parker who also isn't a widower until late in life as well. This yeah. is a guy who who doesn't have any tangible examples of tragedy outside of the death of his brother and his wife which yeah. happened in the past and i guess maybe they were shield agents too if shield even existed before the maker changed the regime i don't know can't it get into it probably wouldn't right <laughs> yeah i guess not it certainly doesn't come up no which also begs a million questions where's nick fury in this world then i mean if this world had a world war ii and that happened because captain america is captain america yeah and i love that by the way and that's another thing that's another reason why i hold uh, to the theory that this is the 616 universe, but remade, because mm -hmm. I want to believe that if we get another Captain America in this book, that he's less like the ultimate Captain America and a little more like yeah. our Captain America. Yeah, but, that uh, seems to be the way they'll go with it. Yeah, because ultimate Captain America kind of sucks. So uh, it doesn't yeah, but, stand for France. <laughs> <laughs> I love, by the way, you remember the counter to that, right? I don't remember who wrote it. I want to say it was like, wade or somebody but uh where after that like infamous page from mark miller came out where captain america's like this is a in my face uh stand for france there's in the in the main marvel universe somebody makes a french joke and captain america is basically like i don't know why people make that joke the french are some of the most brave and selfless people i've ever met and he tells like a story about how like about french occupation and how like and the french army, fighters and everything yeah and he, he describes them as like you know just these incredibly loyal uh brave soldiers that like were worthy of admiration and i was like good for you cap yeah, I, thank I, you I, yeah I I, I hope you'll be all br as brave one day when fascism comes to your shores and starts putting its <laughs> banners over all your monuments. Seriously, exactly. Um, so we have Peter, or so we have Ben and Jonah, both of which are like just just massive uh, oceans of personality that are that are oh, only yeah. going to. Well, and the other thing is, okay, so here's let me paint you in a sub a picture of subtext for Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. Well, who this Peter mm -hmm. Parker is, right? Aunt May is going to fade into the background with a with a with a dynamo like Ben Parker, but with a best friend like J. Jonah Jameson, <laughs> Peter's main influences are going to be these two men, right? Holy so shit. he's he he's probably going to be a little less sympathetic, but also mm. he's going to be diminished. His personality isn't going to be as well defined because those two are already such 
career-oriented go-getters. These these men are oh, yeah. like unstoppable forces that Peter won't find an identity to parse himself from that. And I'm like, that's like that that that's messing up my head because again, people are like, yeah, my boy's back, and I'm like, I don't know if this is your boy anymore. No, like, again, you don't Parker know this who, guy at all. You don't know this guy. You don't know like he, he his his insecurities are in a completely different way. Whereas the Peter Parker we know is a people pleaser who 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 sees the world made of glass. Mm. This Peter Parker is just trying to get out from under the shadows of his two epic dads. Yes, and he's playing it safe and he's playing it close to the vest. And, you know, hey, again, to bring it back to, you know, topicality and talking about this generation, everything, this is a Peter who never had to strike out too far and never had to find a personality, much like how people our age can't ever afford houses or get the job we want because the Bens and Jonas of the world won't die and won't retire. That's and true. And they keep telling That's us true. we're not ready for it. How can I ever be ready for it if you keep telling me I'm not ready for it? That's true. And, of course, like the the platitudes that Peter gets in this one issue alone are things like just go get it or you yeah. know th- th- there's a great moment uh, my wife Tiffany pointed it out on her sister show off the rack which you can enjoy on this mm, channel if you want to like listen. subscribe but uh in that uh she pointed out how Peter can't believe the decisions that are made by Ben and Jonah after what happens at the Daily Bugle. So at the Daily Bugle, uh, we find out that uh, the owners of the Daily Bugle, which is a uh, kind of like... The Maker's Secret Cabal. Yeah, the Maker's Secret Cabal. They're not happy with how many uh, cages are getting rattled and how much saber... Like, you know, the the Daily Bugle is a bastion of integrity in this universe. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, they're shaking the the, the tree a little too much. And Stop asking uh, questions about Stark and the mysterious laser. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, you got people like Robbie who are like, I'm two years from maxing my my pension. I'm not going to... Like, I can't. I can't afford to like lose my job over this like Jonah does when he quits at the slightest resistance of this situation. Um, Which is very Jonah and I like that. So Jonah, so our news media at this point where it's like, oh yeah, special interest groups own everything and they're doing this. I also love that like Ben is in this situation, the the portrayal of Ben Parker. It's very rare to get any story that has more than three pages of Ben in sequence. So it's fun to see what Ben would do in these situations. But this is a Ben Parker who just lost his wife to corruption, to terrorism. Mm -hmm. He goes to his job, which he seems to love. He's his best friend quits. They face him with compromise and like rational kind of like real world at like idealism. But he's always thinking about right now is I just attended a memorial service for my late wife who was killed in a terrorism act that the government mm-hmm. won't tell me what really happened. Screw all of you. Like it's just very yeah. like this is what a Ben Parker up against a wall would do. And he's, uh, he's but living anyway, great power, great responsibility, isn't he? He is. I mean, or at least. He's he's a lot more uh, he's he's clearly he's quiet. He's measured. He's he takes his time. He's very patient. You know, Joan is all mm-hmm. bluster. And, and I, that might be a recipe for what kind of Spider-Man we're going to get in this universe where it's like yeah. you could get a Spider-Man who is very Jonah, where he's quick to act and quick to violence and, uh, you know, reactive or you get a measured, quiet, patient Spider-Man who's like, now let me take my minute. Let me take my break. Just assess the situation. And then kick your ass, you know, but yeah, uh, really. but we, we, we put a face on this corruption because at first it's like, you know, Robbie makes a good, compelling point about like what normal, regular, everyday people might think or do when it comes to being asked to dial it back on the like, mm-hmm. you know, checks and balances on your on your, you know, on your liberties. And, and then uh, the and kingpin shows how- up. Yes, Wilson Fisk, who may or may not even be the kingpin in this world because he is clearly flanked by the eye-patched Don Rigoletto, the man which Fisk murders in the Miller years to assume control of his territory and rise to the rank of kingpin. So they might not even be regular criminals in this world. They might just be like blue-collar criminals or white-collar criminals. And in this kind of world, like you could easily have – Hickman tell that story because there's like time and subtlety uh, to have Spider-Man go like, yeah, no, I, there aren't a lot of electros in this world for me to punch. It's going to be like the corruption, the villains I'm going to fight are analogs for the true villains of the world of today. And Mm -hmm. 
that's going to be a more complicated spi- like fight for Spider-Man. Uh, but it'll be an, a, 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 uh, a more comparable boogeyman for a 35 year old millennial Spider-Man to, to, to battle. Um, yeah, really. But the fact that Don Rigoletto is there with Fisk, I think also, it, it could be a indication that like even some of our other like beloved characters haven't gotten uh, to where they're supposed to be because of these That's changes. true. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Christ, you're how old Fisk and you're still working for your first boss. <laughs> right. But we also see Matt Murdock is seemingly not Daredevil, no powers, and is a preacher. He's a, he's a preacher. But, but still blind, which is like, oh, so the maker took the chemicals from the truck. The truck accident still happened. He just didn't get the powers from it. <laughs> that would suck. Uh, so we just have Matt Murdock. He's just blind. And with no other place to direct his, you know, rage and feeling of, you know, lost, uh, you know, of, of loss, he uh, he becomes what you would imagine him to become. And uh, but as a result, like you see, Matt is in that position. The Don Rigoletto Fisk thing could just be. No, Kingpin's not going to become Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Rigoletto's there to show you he never he never goes higher. Just like Matt yeah. Murdock in, in, in a collar says, he's never going to be Daredevil. And um, everyone is stuck. Everyone is stuck at a certain Everyone's arrested development in this universe. Yeah. Which, so, which honestly kind of becomes a theme because what have we been complaining about Spider-Man in the main universe forever? That he's stuck, that he's a backseat driver in his own life. And oh Ben even God. tells him that where it's like, you don't want to be that son. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, th- this is actually it could be uh, many things. It's also a commentary, you know, on the uh, on what it's like to be an American today um, on, on a 30 year old in America today. But it's also a kind of a secret commentary on Spider-Man as a character mm, and, how, and how nothing could ever move forward in comics for too long. Yeah. But uh, oh, that's right. No, Kingpin isn't. Uh... Yeah, King Kingpin does make it. But uh, anyway, um, the thing about Peter that I wanted to bring up was um, he can't fathom, you know, Robbie makes a very compelling argument for like compromise and for retirement and being too old for this shit. It it feels bad, but you can totally see where he's coming from. And hey, uh, how would your son Randy feel about this? Is he still an activist in this world like he was in the old universe? I imagine dinner is pretty awkward between you two. True. Yeah, I don't know. So um but uh, but because Ben can't help himself, you know, he he quits. He joins Jonah, and the two of them are like sitting at a bar, drinking up. And the, by the way, they're at a bar with no name. And I'm yes, like, I'm sorry. So no the bar villains. with no name, no villains, like no 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 costumed characters. So it's just a bar with no name, not the mm. bar with no name. Mm. Uh, but this is a bar where uh, two older men uh, decide they're just gonna start a newspaper. Yeah. And Peter can't believe that. And, I, and that is such a relatable, believable mm-hmm. scenario where Peter's mm-hmm. like, how can you just throw away your future? How can you just make such a such a rash, uh, impulsive decision? Um, at uh, your you age. Know, well, at your age, but also in the span of 10 seconds. Like, mm-hmm. Clearly, Peter, or at least the implication here is that Peter's been trying to make a decision for 25 years. Yeah, and it hasn't taken. Right? And I, I, you know, I don't want to tell tales out of school here, but I, I am slash know a lot of folk like that, where it's like oh, yeah. I, they're waiting for permission to live their lives. Oh, and it's that mad is, relatable. Yeah, that's Peter in this situation. Uh, then we see a goblin uh, or a green goblin type character. He's neither goblin mm-hmm. nor he just looks like the movie version with like, you know, some slight enhancements. flourishes. But uh, he tries to kill uh, Fisk and Rigoletto, and you're like, okay, I guess that's Harry because you're looking at the uh, the Harry eulogy that he gives, and he is very Harry Osborne. And when I say that, very I mean nos- like very nostalgic about his father. <laughs> you have to understand, like for most comic for no, for most longtime Spider-Man readers today, we remember a Harry Osborne who was living in the shadow of his father's ghost for the majority mm-hmm. of his life. Yeah, like Norman's been dead since 76 or whatever and only comes back 20 years later. This is one of those situations where it's like, oh, man, I know this Harry Osborn, a Harry Osborn who idolizes his deadbeat asshole father Mm -hmm. who 
also has like a chip on his shoulder and a feeling of like the world owes me something. And that is a recipe for disaster or goblins. Uh, Though you also have to wonder, is, you know, Harry in a better or worse place? Because it's assumingly Norman was just a regular shitty dad in this universe, not a shitty dad and occasional supervillain who occasionally forces you into the family business of supervillainy. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we get this goblin and covers indicate what might be, but we won't get into uh, the spoilers of variant covers. But in the meantime... Peter goes and joins up with these guys. They're talking about their jobs and they're just like, there's a moment where Jonah extends a hand and asks if Peter wants a job. And he just has this look of his, on his face. Like, like how could, how dare you ask me that? And he's just mm-hmm. like, do you have any money? Like <laughs> I, that's I a day two problem. Yeah. But uh, ultimately when he finally gets uh, someone on one time with his true father, you know, uh, he bears his soul and talks about how he feels and how he's just like, there's something wrong with my life something wrong with me and i know that that's true and it reminds me of other things that i've seen there's uh Very. there's other comics i've seen where like characters are robbed of their destiny and so as a result they feel like they're half of themselves i was it's really greater great. things yes and peter is just like i don't know what to do with myself and uh ben just tells him to wake up yeah and it's the two things we get we get uh he has two conversations, one with Ben and one with Mary Jane. Mary Jane is just happy, you know, to be here. <laughs> like she's, yeah. you know, he, he explains like what these, you know, what, uh, what his fathers have, have decided to do and how we can't fathom it. And she's just like, she's just there listening, supportive and mm-hmm. ready to talk when, when, when prompted in this situation, she's just like, you know, you supported me when I quit, and started my business and it's going to be hard, but like you need to make, you know, you need to do these things. Just, just so and, long as it doesn't change our relationship and the relationship with the kids. And I'm like, Oh, that that's nice. She, she still thinks that this is a midlife crisis problem. She still thinks he's just going to get like an earring or a motorcycle or something, not become right. a superhero this late in life. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I think initially, you know, she says like, at first I think she's, she's just like, Oh, are you talking about like, you know, yeah, are, are things going to change between us? And she's like, well, no, I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter if it, it could be, it could be an earring. The implication for Mary Jane in this, and I think it could be reading into it too much, but like the hope and the, 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 the storytelling, because we don't need a scene that the movies seem to indicate. Like there's a lot of, uh, in, in superhero media we need, or at least in like pop culture media, we need a character to say out loud, like we're friends after this like harrowing conversation we had. Uh, even yes. though all we need is like, a subtle look or a wink or, or a handshake yeah. or even just seeing the character in the next scene in this sequence, it's, it's showing, not telling Mary Jane looks at him with love in her heart. And she says, go get him tiger. I think yeah. that says everything. I think that says whether it's an earring, a motorcycle or web shooters, <laughs> I, I'm in it for the long haul. And I'm not, I don't feel like I, I, I understand the gravity of the situation, even though I can't possibly understand the gravity of the situation. Mm, which of course you know, like, as a, as Tiff brought up on your show, the excellent question when it comes to Spider-Man and the theme of responsibility, is this more responsible to follow your dream as Spider-Man and try and bring something into the world that wasn't there? Or is it way more irresponsible because you have so much more to lose now? <laughs> it's true, right? Like, yeah, I, uh, I mean, as a person similarly aged to Peter, mm-hmm. I, 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 sympathize with this with this reluctance to Mm -hmm. to give away to throw away or to risk risk just risk the loss of any one thing that he has built in his life children marriage home job Mm -hmm. these are the four things that like most americans want or the very least, and the four that, things that, that have bedeviled Peter in the main universe forever. <laughs> it's true. The only, the fifth thing we don't really see is friends, but uh, oh, I yeah, don't think yeah. he has. Yeah. Any. <laughs> well, 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 who did he go to the science fair with? Was it Liz Allen? Because it was someone weird. It wasn't Gwen. It wasn't Mary. I think it was Liz. I think it was Liz in this universe. I think in this one it was, which is funny What's because Liz like, because he's not I friends with Harry. 
and make a solid point of saying their lives went different directions. So even that friendship that defined Peter is not a thing in this universe. Yeah, which I am very fine with. Peter doesn't Peter needs better friends than Harry freaking Osborne. Um, What's Flash doing these days? He go to war. He loses legs. I, I assume he died. I mean, based on like the cynicism of this universe, I I, I don't yeah. know. But uh, yeah, I was actually yeah, I think um, I was trying to find like where we actually see Peter lose his uh, his powers. And I think it's in the end of the first issue of Ultimate Invasion. Um, I'll have a look. Uh, yeah, because yep, uh, Maker grabs the spider from him like, ooh, don't worry, I got that. Exactly. Yeah, that's Liz. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's Liz. So, so he had um, a friend and it was Liz. Exactly. Um, but again, they don't look like themselves, but I think that's only because we are like, this is a world that is the mirror reflection of 616, but it was made now. So Peter would be 15, 35 years ago. And 35 years ago was mm. only like, you know, the, the two thousands. So, you know, or the, the late nineties. So that's what they look like. And it, I bet if we, if we inspect the art, the, the, the clothing, they're dressed like it's the like late nineties or two thousands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, Peter decides to open the, the, the magic box. He gets his suit. He gets the spider. He thinks of the two people that matter most to him, telling him wake up and get him. Mm-hmm. And he lets the spider bite him and he has the suit on. Now the suit I believe is like a, like a placeholder suit. Like it doesn't actually yes. decide what the suit's going to look like, which is also another yeah, reason. You got to go through iterations. Better. Exactly. And like, I think it'll change. I think it's like one of those, you know, I think the, 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 t- Tony describes what the suit is and says like. It's, uh, also, you know. did Tony use the word Spider-Man yet? Because obviously he had a background in wrestling, which is why they eventually came to the name Spider-Man. So are they going to do that here? How does he eventually settle on the name? Yeah, he uh, nobody says Spider-Man yet. Interesting. Very interesting. That's going to be a yeah. big deal when they finally circle back to that, because it's one of those things we just take for granted. Yeah, you're a Spider-Man. Mm hmm. So uh, looking at some of the variant or some of the upcoming covers, like this is what we can infer from the next uh, few issues. Um, I've uh, with issue two, which is on sale at the end of February. uh, Obviously, Peter is going to be facing this goblin character. This is this. uh, This cover for me is just a bunch of like uh, concept art all slapped together. Um, I'm not here to critique the cover, but I will say it's you know, it's not really selling anything outside of like what we've already bought. Uh, but the description of the issue is uh, the most surprising Spider-Man story of the 21st century continues. Spider-Man faces his first supervillain. Okay. Mm. And then we assume it's Green Goblin, but J. Jonah Jameson's get quest to uncover who is really pulling the strings of this new ultimate universe leads to a shocking revelation. We're already getting a revelation in that issue. Also shocking, and, you say. Yeah, right. What? And New York City welcomes its newest hero, the Green Goblin. Oh. So, Peter's villain may not also be the Green Goblin. Right. Green Goblin might actually be trying to be a hero in this universe, huh? which again, could, is this Harry trying to make up for the sins of his past and his father? Is this him trying to break out of the shadows, you know, trying to do something that actually matters? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel like the villain he's going to face is new, different, and not the Goblin. And I think we know that because of the preview for issue three. Now, again, right. I'm not here to uh, I, I don't want to give away what's going on. So if you're a little worried, just tune out for a second. But, uh, you know, in the third issue, which will be on sale, I assume in March. Um, and again, yeah. in a much more powerful cover. Uh, we see that he does actually end up fighting Wilson Fisk, who clearly survived the uh, bombing at the hands of the goblin. Also, hey, fitting too to have Ultimate Spider-Man battling Kingpin because he was such a major fixture in the original Ultimate Spider-Man stories and just a good benchmark for this new Spider-Man starting out where it's like, yeah, if you can just beat this one big crime lord, then you can move it's on true. to, you know, guys in suits. Yeah, the description, by the way, Spider-Man sizes up the new hero Green Goblin, okay, as they team mm. up to fight the new villain. Uh, secrets about the corporations running in North America are revealed and you'll never guess who discovers Spider-Man's secret identity. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I, I, I could probably guess, but only based on process of elimination because there's so few people. Indeed. Um, yeah, it's but uh, but we see that Kingpin is here. Kingpin is a Spider-Man villain. Obviously, there is no Daredevil in this universe unless we no. also want to like backdoor pilot Matt. <laughs> 
which we'll see. Which would be fine. I mean, it, it's funny that they already have like, uh, what is it? The Black Panther book is already a thing in this new Ultimate Universe with also yes. maybe some connection to Moon Knight in there too because the Moon Gods are running that yeah. part of the world. So yeah, it would be an interesting way to backdoor uh, friggin' Matt Murdock is Daredevil. Like maybe he's still beating people up at night. He just doesn't have powers. <laughs> that could very well be. And uh, or maybe finally, he's just uh, like bare knuckle boxing to get money for the church or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I wonder in this case, just just speculation, but I'm guessing JJ finds out that Peter Spider Man, and uh, you know maybe we'll flip the script. Maybe like Ben doesn't care for him, or who knows? Uh, I, he I don't want to. He's a threat and a menace. <laughs> Exactly. Who knows? But uh, I do know that Ben does write an article about him based on the cover. The next issue, Ultimate Spider-Man number four, which uh, says, Who is Spider-Man by Ben Parker? Mm. Um, there is absolutely no description for this issue. No. It just shows you what it is. And now we see, you know, that's Ben's coffee. Uh, JJ's calling him. Uh, it looks like the uh, we have a name for another newspaper over there, uh, the Bulletin uh-huh um, so who knows uh we also see that there's like a goblin attack uh implied from the daily bugle which is of course a, sta- a, a paper we can't trust so yes you know lots of uh lots of fun teases and speculations uh we also are si- we're still on the new chichetto designed classic spider-man costume so i'm mm. guessing this is the suit he picks and sticks with for the foreseeable future probably uh, so yeah, uh, before we uh, move on, let's read some super chats uh, because they yeah, always go that's... in uh, fun directions. Uh, Brady Storybook, what if I said we're back, but in regards to a new Elseworlds exchange? Well, <laughs> uh, in that case, I think you'd be absolutely correct. Uh, Scarlet right. Hottie Ultimate Sal is just six sixteen Sal in a zoot suit, <laughs> and Ultimate Joel is a Sons of Anarchy Ooh. type, but in the tundra. I yeah. like I like it. I like it a lot. I'm fine. I'm Thank fine you. with that. <laughs> uh, a Carter uh, says, sorry to miss out because of work. Looking forward to Sal and Joel breaking down this new Spider-Man. Well, thanks, Carter. Hopefully we'll see you mm-hmm. on the repeat. Uh, Cat Lawyer will friend for treats. I love Spider-Gwen, but it was ruined by crossover. Really hope that doesn't happen again. Original USM worked for me because it didn't. I didn't need extra content. I think we're going to see that this universe does not cross over with anything outside of the maker dealing with the Illuminati chasing after him. Right. And yeah, that uh, that Spider-Gwen thing. Yeah, they they announced just recently the new Spider-Gwen series. will see her stuck in the 616 universe forever. I was which like, a lot wasn't of she already? Were, yeah, she can move back and forth, which I mean, that's its own kettle of fish problems. But yeah, I can see why fans are upset because it's like, but isn't half the fun of this universe, all the fun designs and how the universe moved in a different direction? Why are why are you throwing out the baby with the bath? Well, oh, because of Spider-Verse. That's why. Yeah, well, because we don't really care. And it's like, yeah, it's, that, that tracks. Uh, Lex also, of Power, hi. Forever. No, no, it's just for now. Yeah, anytime Marvel says forever, you know that doesn't mean that. Uh, mm. Lex of Power, hi, I haven't read a ton of Spider-Man or Hickman work yet, but I love the first issue and enjoyed reading it. I'm hooked and excited to see where it goes. Well, I'm glad that it worked out. Nice. Lex of Power, enjoy. Uh, if you like Hickman, you'll probably enjoy his Fantastic Four, his uh, Secret Wars. Years worth of X-Men. His Avengers. <laughs> Yeah, his X-Men. Um, and uh, if you like Spider-Man, well, there's plenty of that content as well. Uh, Barry Busan uh, or Busan, I really want to see Peter's superhero responsibility clash with being a father. Does he pick up Richard from soccer practice mm. or stop Shocker from robbing a bank? These are fine. These are good pitches. And it's I expect to see stuff like that. But um, I'm hoping for yeah, that's more gotta be the meat on the bone. Absolutely. But I'm hoping for more of like this, this like existential, subtle stuff like. OK. You got what you asked for. Now live with it. Um, you know, these yeah. are this is you having great power and the and, and, and get ready to accept the responsibility. That's that, that's you, what I'm really looking forward to. You, you rocked the boat. And yeah, I think that seems to be where Hickman lives as a writer, because, I mean, he's not particularly known for writing domestic scenes. If anything, he did no. more of that in this book than I think he's ever done. Absolutely. No, I mean, maybe a couple of scenes between like Reed and his children, which that's pretty it. good. But uh, but yeah, no, that's why I was like looking forward to this the most, because I, I was so not interested in any of like the geopolitical BS of this universe. But uh, I'd love to watch it through the lens of Peter. Indeed. And it, his it looks world. to be in the Spider-Man book. It thankfully looks to just be window dressing. Where it's, like, it's how we got here, but it's not what it's about. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hulkzilla says, going to have to watch after work. Have a great weekend, you too. You too as well. Uh-huh. Hulkzilla, thanks. Dr. Martin Luther Jinby says, uh, happy Friday, Sal and Joel. Ben and JJ sold me on this title, and Ultimate Peter must have a dynamite parental figure. I agree. Mm-hmm. But uh, don't they also need to die? Uh, although I guess with with May out of the way, we don't have to worry about like having any un- unnecessary deaths. Though uh, it makes you wonder you how have. long these characters are going to be walking around. Absolutely, um, especially yeah. if you know the old rules of the Ultimate Universe apply, and that is that dead means dead, and anyone can die. Yes, that's right. Uh, Yash Kapoor, in top of the other changes to the Parker family, Peter also didn't stay with Uncle Ben and Aunt May until he was 15, meaning he had 15 years with his original parents. That's wild to think about. Mm. Yeah, it is. That's actually a really good point, that his parents died at 15, which is, uh, yeah, that's a completely that, – that also – changes his entire dynamic while uncle ben is an authority figure he is a parental figure he's more like he it's less of a father figure and more of an uncle an actual uncle figure like he's you're not my dad man right like i had 15 years of memories of my father i know what my dad would have wanted me to do Um, but it never really comes up he also names his son richard not like ben jr or something which he does in the House of M universe when he gets everything he wanted as well. And his mm. uh, Uncle Ben still is, is, is alive. Um, hey, you R- with R- the face. R- R- Richard Parker's a lit nerd, too, which I also liked. Yeah, I like that, too. Uh, hey, He's not you a with science the face. nerd. He likes literature. <laughs> That's good. Good for him. Good head on his shoulders. I'm excited to have Ben be more, of a, more than a plot device. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Uh, it seems like Rick, Ben is going to have a, uh, an active role. Like Ben is going to have like a he's going to be a, an active participant in his own life, which uh, I'm very ground too. Yeah. Oh, definitely. No, it's very rare to like see a Ben Parker that was kicking around that also didn't have like powers or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ricky Rowles says, I'm nervous about this series being written by Hickman. I'm not a huge fan of his writing, but I will definitely give it a shot. I like it. I like the writing. I like the idea and I like the pitch. Yeah. After three issues, we'll see what kind of book this is going to be indeed i think um nikhil kapoor says what sold me on hickman writing spider-man is his short story on amazing spider-man 1000 yeah that was a i think it was amazing fantasy 1000 but i, I don't recall it was uh that was a great one yeah it I also was a great one. Oh, it was good and it had to drawing it so it was like oh i know what you're um, for my money it just it, it was a I, I think it was like a a proving ground where it's like look at what i could do with spider-man <laughs> or look at what I want to do with him. Uh, Andre Didier, uh, do you think some fans that have been begging for Peter to have a family again are unprepared for him to inevitably be a bad father in a be careful what you wish for kind of way? Oh, I that's think- an excellent question because we have seen that happen in so much media. Hello, Avatar. Hello, Harry Potter. Hello, uh, was it all these other <laughs> things where you oh, see all, your all beloved- YA fiction? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where you see your beloved boyhood hero grow up and be like, oh yeah, they're kind of shitty fathers. Oh, uh, Star Wars, hey, uh, Luke Skywalker at a certain point. Oh, no, it's almost like all these events of my life negatively impacted me in a way because I never fucking dealt with them as a kid, which <laughs> is par for the course for this genre. And then you all act like you're surprised. Yeah, it's true. I think that um, there's always the no parent while they're parenting thinks they're nailing it. I think yeah. that's like a, a very important thing to walk away from or with when it comes to this Peter Parker. I don't think he's going to be patting himself on the back for all the good parenting decisions he's doing. But I also don't think that it would be fun to watch our protagonist suck at being a father. Hmm. So I think that while Peter may think he sucks, I think we as the reader will be able to trust that he's doing a pretty good job. At least that's my hope. Um, RJ says, uh, Will Moss is the editor, explains why it's so good. Uh, it's funny because, yeah, this is actually a non-Spider Office editor on a Spider-Man that. book. Huh. Um, he is the senior editor at Marvel. He uh, edits the Ultimate line. So he's editing all the Black Panther and X-Men and stuff. But right, uh, right. he also edits Thor and Black Panther. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty good. Those are those are those are, those, are, those are going in their own direction and they're really cool. That'll um, that that'll also be a little interesting thing to contrast and compare moving forward. Well, and, and, and the thing is, I'm not quick to blame um, the current Spider-Man editor for all the woes, 
because yeah, because we blame the last three editors for all the woes and everybody clearly at some hates point. every spider-man editor it's true and it's like all right i get it but like you know and it, look the the current editor of spider-man has said some pretty stupid fucking things like in, in like on social media and stuff the, but the, uh, though at a certain point you have to think like i think this is just institutional i think this is just I, a cursed role at a certain point right it's a tough job uh but uh will moss also he he edited all of the moral hulk he edited a uh, supergirl he edited mighty thor captain marvel superman um jonah hex uh which are fucking dope <laughs> yeah the original sin series the donny cates hulk book uh the astonishing mm-hmm. ant-man series black bolt uh, and it. vision like this is an editor i'd be like oh yeah we gotta get this guy um uber bus dubs uh my favorite fellas thanks man uh this is the first time i've caught you in live in a long time i got my girlfriend to start reading new universe and she loves it so far oh this nice that's great i'm glad she does she takes it man um cj damn right uh sidebar do you guys believe the rumor started by liefeld and confirmed by bleeding cool it's not confirmed by bleeding cool by the way bleeding cool is just corroborating and perpetuating it Just be very careful about that word confirmed. Uh, the DC starting an ultimate line with Scott Snyder at the helm. Thoughts? I read Sal's article on arguing for this. I did pitch that on uh, CBR. Um, I missed this I completely, think, actually. Where have I been? Yeah. Uh, no, Rich Johnson um, uh, posted about it on Bleeding Cool from New York Comic Con. He supposedly uh, heard uh, someone talking about it at a bar, uh, which is, mm-hmm. you know, totally reliable. But um mm-hmm. Also, he then corroborated Rob Liefeld's opinion about it when Rob Liefeld posted about it on his social medias and talked about it on his podcast. Um, It's a show I don't listen to, but... um, I was going to say he has a podcast. Oh, it's a very popular podcast. Rob Servations. Uh, It's a a hotbed for for gossip news and his uh, personal take on how things went down during his tenure. Uh, at uh, you know, Image Extreme and Marvel, mm-hmm. um, uh, he's very quick to uh, to share his opinions on those things, um, particularly uh, on how things are going. You know, uh, the the thing I I find uh, interesting when it comes to what Rob and uh, to a lesser extent uh, Kirkman do, because Kirkman uh, did a similar thing where he was like, "Hey, Stephen Yoon's going to play the Century." Oops, was I not supposed to say that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll never tell. Like it was kind of like, "Hey, that's really not your like that's really not your business." You know, and um, and and you're in a competing media company, you know, and you definitely view yourself as a peer, you know. So that's, yeah, maybe, that, that, that's maybe like, cool that's less cheeky bit. and fun and more like deliberate sabotage. But uh, and, and like know. also, the rumor had been out there forever, and then it ended up not happening anyway. So you know, <laughs> right? But my, my my and my thing is, is it did it not happen because of its own volition? But now the conversation's clouded because it's like, did it not happen because because of what you said? Maybe you know? we won't know for a while. Well, we can't know. We can't know. And it, like, because the conversation is now clouded, like you'll never know. But anyway, uh, yeah, as far as the ultimate universe is concerned at, at DC, if DC were to, were to do an ultimate universe, I'd read the hell out of it. Um, and of course, oh, yeah. we, we, we were operating for a couple of years at some point in the past that earth one was the ultimate universe of DC. Uh, of course, right. because of the delays and impossibility of that uh, series to cohese uh, or to cohere to itself, it was impossible. It was never going to happen. Uh, but um, yeah, if it feels if like DC they were... write something similar every couple of years and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, well, I mean, like, look, look, Marie Javins works at DC as a, in a senior position, and she was a massive editor on the Ultimate line at Marvel. Mm. If anyone could help to avoid pitfalls that mm. that 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 arise from launching an ultimate line it'd probably be marie and uh also or be, at least it also yeah i said it would also be kind of interesting for dc too because so much of their stuff is about being stuck in time and yet also yeah. having five robins and everything else so it would be interesting to see them have to address the fact where it's like but haven't your characters been around since like world war ii all of them <laughs> right um but uh yeah with scott snyder at the helm as well i mean Scott right now is not at DC. He, uh, you know, he's working on his own independent projects. They're fantastic. He's working on the Witches animated series, and I'm looking forward oh, to seeing that so as well. Uh, and if Scott were to come back to DC and he were to help shepherd a ultimate line, I think it's a good deal. idea. But I think he'd need some help. I think it would, it, you know, he, one person can't do that alone, especially because we've seen what happens when talent heading up a line uh, 
how far they get without editorial support. Mm-hmm. You know, so if it's true, then I would caution Scott to have everyone on board, you know, and to have that locked down in some official capacity and Take to village. right and and to support other creators and and lean on them uh, and 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 trust them if that's mm. true which uh which it may not be it's alleged entirely um yeah but uh but i look forward to seeing it if it were to happen yeah uh, lenny laser discs reread ultimate spider-man three times can't wait for issue two i think that they're counting on that i'm looking forward to uh, reading it again myself uh bryce harriet hi can't stay long but have a shekel don't mind if i do thanks bryce appreciate it uh the comics detective it will be a super interest it will be super interesting to see how different this peter parker will be i wonder what his concept of responsibility will be and how his family will react to his secret identity yeah me mm-hmm. too that's the most exciting part it's like seeing his family yeah. react how how jazzed his kids are going to be I- i'm hyped yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, that's that's the most interesting part. That's like that's why you have a Spider-Man become Spider-Man later in life to tell all of these very interesting, very conflicting stories about where, you know, personal responsibility ends your responsibility to the world with powers and everything else. Yeah. Uh, Michael Loco, uh, while I do think it's creative and fun, I wish that Miles Morales would be allowed to return to his verse and be the Spider-Man in that universe. To me, this presents the opportunity for challenges and change. Your thoughts? I mean, like, honestly, if Miles were to return to the main Ultimate Universe, he would be the second Spider-Man in that universe because Peter Parker is alive and well in that universe. Um, And also, as it stands right now, the Miles book is better than the Amazing Spider-Man book. It's been better than it's been probably since the Bendis heyday. Ziggler has found that magical sweet spot, so I don't want to touch it. I don't want to mess with anything. You just shine on, you crazy diamond, you. I don't think Miles wants to go back either. He's like, in this universe, my mom's still alive and was eaten by Venom or whatever. I'm in. I'm oh, happy. Man, here. Did you did you read a giant size Spider-Man that they had no. uh, just a couple weeks ago? So it's basically just it, it was a nothing story, kind of a tie into gang war where he meets Dylan Brock, the new Venom, but he doesn't really meet him because he's in the suit and there's a lot of blah blah blah. But the backup of that story, the thing that actually makes it a giant size, is they reprint the Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man where Ultimate Venom kills his mom. Oh, cool. Okay. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, Ziggler. Why would you do that? Why would you reprint that story as part of this if you weren't going to do something with it? Finally, because you and I have said numerous times, hey, it feels like that should come back. Hey, you know, Miles has met Eddie and met Venom a couple times, and that's never come up. I know his memories are fractured of what he remembers from the old universe, but shouldn't that be something? And wouldn't that be a good story to get his mom involved in something and be like, I was dead on our original Earth, and now I'm not? Right. Or Miles being like, you were dead on the old universe. And I made a de- I gave a burger to the molecule man to make sure that that did not happen. Like, yes, yeah. I, I, I fed a mad God and, you know, he did me a solid. So, you know, you're welcome. Exactly. Uh, Heartless Fang, thanks for your support, says, would you guys ever consider on Elseworlds Ex- uh, Exchange episode where you revisit one of your old pitches from years back and how things would be different with the current status quo going on? Love you guys. I mean, I would be open to that idea if I could remember yeah. any of them. <laughs> Like, I need a list of pitches that we made and then, like, look over them because, I mean, obviously some of these are, yeah. I mean, I can do that for homework if you want. I can go back and re-listen to some oh, of our shows and write them down. I don't want to have to make you do that, but I, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely, I mean, yeah, if, if, if that's like, if that's the kind of thing the audience would want to see, then I'd definitely be happy to do the legwork. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, that'd be fun. I, I haven't, uh, we haven't done a pitch episode in a long time. No, we haven't. I, I know I've been trying to do one for a bit there where it's like the stories they would never let us write is what yes. it is. I have at least one in my chamber where it's like, okay, everyone sit down. It's going to get fucking weird. Yeah. Although, you know what I'm really proud of in terms of like things that they didn't expect or didn't want us to do? Uh, how will you how to ruin a character? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and how many of those ideas were done? I know. Or or at least almost done or like how close they are or how Pretty we were like, this close. would be a terrible idea that would ruin the character. Oh, it's kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah, the more we talked about, it's like, actually, there's something here. You know, you do that in another universe or an imaginary tale. And I mean, you got something here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fable says, uh, hi, Sal, long time, big fan. Do you think they'll keep the maker stuff locked in an Ultimates book or do you think that mess is done with? No, it's, it's, it is a ticking clock. Like, oh, this yeah. universe is... The thing is, I don't like and and I'm a little concerned about it is like I don't necessarily want to fall in love with this world because I feel like there is a ticking clock 
you know, <laughs> if it's if not from the narrative perspective, from the Hickman perspective, like Hickman, he's too in demand. He has too many projects going on. Eventually, he'll be like, OK, I'm done here moving on. Just like he moved on with X-Men when there was still a lot of meat on the bone when it was super hot. It's like, no, I'm good. I've set the table yeah. for you. I'm going now. Right. I, I I'm worried that like. And, I, and the other thing is, I'm also worried because I like that idea. I like the idea of it ending. I don't know if I necessarily want to see an end to the series soon, but I do mm. think that, like, this world will have to end or stop. Um, Indeed. Or at the very least, like, the dome, all, all the Hickman stuff is going to have to go. Um, and uh, maybe the infamous Mike Manhattan. have a turn. Maybe they'll tag him in and he'll get to yeah. write it. Yeah, if he's if if he's able and willing, I think so. Uh, the infamous Mike Manhattan, uh, the next villain will be Ultimate Paul. Oh, man! You know, I don't think Hickman's that sort of guy who gets involved no. in like shit like that and funny memes. But wouldn't it be hilarious that we see Paul Rabin? I guess that was his fucking last name. I don't remember if he shows yeah. up in this universe and he's just like something completely you don't expect. Yeah, I, I'm surprised his name wasn't in the list of people who died in the explosion. Yeah, just to be like, don't worry, everyone. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Jay Sage, the boys are back. Love this channel. Thanks, Jay. Uh, hope you both have a wonderful day. Wasn't enthusiastic initially, but the story seems to be really interesting. Glad you dig it, man. It uh, is interesting. And it took its time, and it was slow, and it didn't you yes. know, feel the need to throw stuff at you. Like, this is a book that's like, look, I know we have your attention, and now we're, right. you know, we're not going to abuse the fact that we have your attention. We're going to treat you like adults here. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how Hickman because Hickman hasn't really like I haven't seen a lot if much of Hickman writing Spider-Man. So I'm really excited to see a a Hickman dealing with Spider-Man stuff like the juggling of like life and responsibility. Like I want to see what Hickman does, how Hickman handles that trope. It's true because issue one was actually quite Ben heavy. Hilariously. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Uh, Sphere mode. My local comic shop owner told me Ultimate Spider-Man sold like gangbusters. I'm so happy about this. I'm happy, too. It means that comic Don't shops are it. getting more people, uh, more asses in seats. That's great. Um, and, and, and at all, uh, CJ Stevenson, uh, if I may ask a cynical, cynical question, how much of Hickman doing this new Ultimate line is Marvel's apology for allegedly botching his plans for X-Men? Do you think this was always in the cards? No, uh, I think that. Uh, there's no Marvel isn't companies don't do that. Marvel's not apologizing for shit, but uh, I also don't know if they necessarily botched it as much as I know Hickman was like, I want to end it here. I'm in, I'm in charge of a bunch of people's employment and they want to keep mm -hmm. doing this. So I'll walk away. And then I'm, and then I know I'm going to trigger a comment. That's like, well, actually on like this podcast and this podcast and this podcast, you said this, that and the other thing. Well, then you already answered your own question. But uh, as far as this is concerned, no, I don't think it's an apology. I think that Hickman wanted to write Spider-Man. I think he's hugely in demand. I think that if Hickman, Hickman has said out loud that he would like to go for, to DC and try some stuff. And he's pitched the, yeah. the people he'd want to do. I think he told me he wanted to do. Um, I don't remember what it was. I, I, I that Rob has a pitch for him that he told Hickman. And Hickman has a pitch that he told me, and I trying to parse which one was which, but uh, wasn't New Gods. No, yeah, one of them wanted to do the Legion of Superheroes, and the other one wanted to do New Gods. Interesting, and uh, and I don't remember which is which. In any case, which are two uh, series I have always had a hard time getting into, but if Hickman did, I'm like, oh, I'm going to at least read issue one. Exactly. So, you know, uh, I I would like to see that. Uh, but I also couldn't care less about either of those groups. So I, you know, but Hickman would make me read at least the first issue. Yeah. Um, right. But again, like, you know, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything because Lord knows I've picked up the first issue of ultimate invasion was like, oof. And, uh, and was not satisfied, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, um, that's the end of the book. That's the end of our speculation and theories, but I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. Um, no doubt. You know, this is uh, are there any other tidbits that you noticed that you may have uh, people may have missed about this uh, this ultimate book? No, I think we hit all the nails on the head that I wanted to hit. But, yeah, it was a lot going on in the book. Very layered, very interesting uh, uh, over under which kid do you think is going to figure it out first? I'm certain Richard's going to figure it out first that his dad is Spider-Man. <laughs> right. I don't know. I, I don't the, the kids aren't as well defined, although like, no, Um. You know, I'm looking at body language on these kids like Richard seems more thoughtful and uh, perceptive 
Mm-hmm. And May seems more bubbly and like, you know, just genuinely happy. So I, I would I would I could see Richard doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm excited also just to see what MJ's up to. Absolutely. Yeah, because we know she started a new job. What is her new job? Because she's had like a hundred of them in the main years. Model club owner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, personal assistant to Tony Stark. Like, I, I, I don't know. Actress. Yes. I'd love to see what the, what that job would be. But uh, I is also she a TikTok influencer. Is she like a mommy blogger? Oh, God, I hope not. Um, but I do. <laughs> I would also like to know what the hell the newspaper is called. Like what this new yes. news outlet is. Also, guys, a newspaper. I mean, you just left it yeah, in, in this day and age. Yeah. Um, Come on, they're also Substack. Seriously, like grow up, guys. Um, I should also point out that there is a preview for issue two that's out. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. we should look at it, right? Might as well. We're hitting everything else. So let's do yeah. it. But it does uh, factor into my theory about like this is a suit that's it's not defined yet. It's not it's not no sh- like set up. It is a it is a black suit oh. only in as much as it is, uh, you know full full body stocking he hasn't even settled on a logo yet yeah no um he's just trying out the powers and it looks like he has web shooters well he has webs the question is are they organic true an excellent are they question. part of the suit i i don't know i guess what we'll also uh, another thing too uh how into science is peter because obviously he settled at a job working at the paper there was he a kid was he a stem kid growing up he went to the friggin' big science conference there where he almost got bitten by the spider did he keep up with it over the years is the thing is he handy or does he have to figure this shit all out again is he watching like youtube tutorials <laughs> <laughs> i don't know that's a good point that's a good point and i know that hickman's thought of it so because like Peter has always been so defined by his intelligence, and yet here he is again working at a paper. To, to quote what Tiff so brilliantly brought up in your other video, he, he's not even in the main room where stuff is happening. He is just a cog in this machine. He doesn't even get a say, and he's been working here for 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Kingsport Cal, uh, what's up, Joel? Hope Canada's nice. Uh, Cold. Uh, Sal, did you ever figure out what you're going to do about revisiting old Backish's episodes? Tell Ethan he's my favorite. I'll be oh. sure to do that. Uh, he, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're gonna do that. Um, we already shot one, so we'll see how it goes. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so with that, folks, we want to thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much to our super chatters for sponsoring today's show. Thanks to the chat for keeping it civil and cool in the in the comments. And uh, of course, thank you for liking the video, subscribe to our channel, and checking out Joel at YouTube.com/slash Cape Joel. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. It was, uh, it was a great episode as always. I want to thank Joel for being here, and we will see you guys Pleasure. next time with an all new episode. Stay tuned for more. Subscribe to this channel. Don't miss out because we dropped off the rack. We have plenty of shorts that are little segments from podcasts, and the good, the bad, and the ugly will return with a Deadpool special. So. Stay tuned for that as well. So long, everybody. Thanks a lot for watching.